The following podcast contains spoilers and pretty naughty language. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back to another great week of We Watched A Thing with B fucking Dizzle. How you going, Noose? Oh my god. I'm Nick Cage. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I get it now. (laughs) How have you been, Noose? What have you been up to? It's been a little while since you've been on the show. I think the last one we did was Arrival. Oh, I love Arrival. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, good. (laughs) Two long weekends in a row, end of school holidays, so... I'm about ready for school to go back. Yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting, isn't it? Yes, (laughs) best day ever. What were you more excited for, school going back or the unbearable weight of massive talent? School going back, (laughs) 1,000%. We had fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Should we get into it then? Sure, yeah. All righty. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is a 2022 American action comedy film directed by Tom Gormican from a screenplay co-written with Kevin Etten. It stars, of course, Nicolas Cage as a fictionalized version of himself, along with Pedro Pascal, Sharon Horgan, Ike Barinholtz, Alessandra Mastronati, Jacob Scapino, Neil Patrick Harris, and Tiffany Haddish. And what is it about, Noosk? Um, Nick Cage being as Nick Cage as possibly can be. And there is a sort of loose plot around that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What about Nick Cage is struggling in his career and he decides to take on payment to appear at a fan's birthday party Mm -hmm. and shit ensues from there. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, did you know, I know that we had watched the trailer for this film prior Mm. to it. Did the trailer get you excited for this film at all? Firstly, I think it's- Yeah, because I saw Pedro Pascal was in it and I was like, cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and Nick Cage was there too. I mean, yeah, firstly, (laughs) before we get into anything, I feel like it's kind of unfair to discuss this movie without discussing- Nicolas Cage. <laughs> okay. I mean, isn't he going to be discussed? Where are you on Nicolas Cage? Like, are you... I feel like... It's funny. You and I have been together nearly 20 years now. I don't know that we've ever discussed the man, the myth, the legend that is Nicolas Cage. Is it a prerequisite for relationships <laughs> to do so? I don't I mean, know. It, it should be. I'm sure I'm sure that Sam and Stacey from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs had a little... Nick Cage discussion before they got married. Where are you on Nick Cage? Are you are you a fan? What's your favourite Nick Cage outing? I would not say I am a massive Nick Cage fan. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, you know, I don't follow him or anything. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I don't. Does, does anybody? Does is Nick Cage on Instagram? Probably. Hey, hang on, you keep talking. I'm going to look that up. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't like seek him out. <laughs> If I see he's in a film, I'm like, cool, there's Nick Cage. And then I just get on with my day. I don't, I'm not like, oh, but it's a piece of shit. And at the same time, I'm not like, oh, but that's good. But having said that, I guess, because you asked me my favourite, The Rock is good. Yeah, The Rock is super good. But I I don't know. I I think I'm a face-off girl. I really like (laughs) (laughs) face-off. Yeah, I, something about it. I re I rewatched The Rock not that long ago when I was away on a work trip, and uh, a colleague and I were like, "Oh, what are we going to do tonight? We we're going to go to the movies, but instead we Uber eats some popcorn from the cinema." Oh my and, god! And watched The Rock, and it rocked. It rocked. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I can't go past Con Air personally. 
I, I I do enjoy Nick Cage. I think he's gotten a pretty unfair rap of late. And I know a lot of people are talking about a return to form, and I think that's definitely true. We've had you and I both really loved Pig. Mm. Um, yeah, I did year, like Pig. Yeah, early earlier this year. Yeah, he's one of those that like you just never know which way he's going to go. You can't tell whether he's going to take on a piece of shit just to pay some bills, which yeah. is fine. Uh, no judgment there. Or if he's going to do something kind of quiet and serious and yeah. be an actor. Yeah, and that's one thing that I really, really did love about this film, Let, turning to the film now. One thing I mm. did love is his willingness to play this fictionalised version of himself, which is not something that a lot of actors would do. You know, like not long ago I did being John Malkovich on the show, mm-hmm. where Malkovich, obviously, you know, that's a wonderful fictionalised version. Mm. Um, this is an interesting one because he's he's poking a lot of fun at, at himself in this mm. film, really. Like, especially by having his ego pop up every so often, like his yeah younger, you know, like crazier self, yeah, who's very much pushing him to be a star. <laughs> but even just, I love the way that this film really highlights his film wankery because that is mm-hmm. something that I think not everybody knows about Nick Cage is that he is a true film wanker which is why it's so funny that he stars in so many bad films and does he actually have a daughter because i was that like i don't know yeah i wondered if that was if yeah, that's, pulling if that's at- true that's an interesting way to go i would suspect that that's not true i don't know it seemed like he had a daughter and he was like i'm gonna do this and his daughter was like well you should put the fact that you're you know <laughs> you should put that in there because i don't know it, it kind of felt real to me yeah but I did, I did love the way that he really played around with himself in this film. That, mm. that to me, was my favourite element of yeah, the film. Yeah, I mean, I, I will always respect someone who can poke fun at themselves. Yeah. And I didn't know that Nick Cage was someone who did that, so now I yeah. like him a bit more. So, unlike you, I actually did go into this film with quite high expectations, I You did, say. yes. I, you, were, you were very excited. I was expecting to very, very much enjoy this. And we've had a string of really wonderful films of late. Only a couple of weeks ago, I got to Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was completely astounding and mind-blowing. Um, the Northman. And then this... This was actually the one I was anticipating the most out of those three. Mm. And I think that that let me down. And that's probably my fault more than it is the film's fault. Yeah. Yes. I Like, the trailer to me looks like it's going to be something that just kind of pokes fun at Nick Cage while also just being a sort of light. I don't even know what you would call this. It's not an adventure film. It's not. I, I venture as far to call it a buddy gang- comedy. I think yeah, that yeah, really the heart yes. of this film is the relationship between yes. Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal. Yes, which is it, – it is what it is and it does that in a really light way because, like, the actual plot that surrounds the characters is pretty terrible. I, I don't think they're trying overly hard. doesn't seem like it anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, with Tiffany Haddish and, um, like, yeah. you know, the, the CIA and all that stuff. Like, that, that plot is – abysmal yeah I, but it's yeah. just kind of there as this like vessel to exactly know. that plot is really just there as a way to probably better ways to do it to action scene I, I personally was expecting this film to be much more of a comedy and more of a buddy comedy and i think as the film goes on it leans much more towards the action side of the fence yeah which i understand which, because there no, was a period kind of, of time particularly you think of peak nicholas cage we sure. spoke about it ourselves at the start of this episode you go to the rock yeah you go to con air 
you go to face off, you know, like he yeah. was that outrageous action star. And yeah. so I get why that's where the movie leans. But I was enjoying myself a lot more in the first half of the film. Mm. Yeah, it did get sillier as it went on. And if at the end of the day, you're right, at the heart of it, it was just a buddy comedy, then I don't know, it kind of wasn't necessary. And there's the no- The action scenes weren't necessary or- yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah the, and the big stupid like you know um, undercover stuff and yeah, and uh, yeah, there's no way that ending was ever going to be that ending. It was so far fetched, and maybe and maybe that's just like them leaning into how how stupid it is and how over the top ridiculous uh, it is. The, the reveal where it turns out that the the what we're viewing is a film that reveal. Mm. Yeah, but wasn't that still? meant to be based on based on what real really life. happened yeah, yeah yeah that i mean i i assumed that was the case and then pedro pascal is there with him at the end and yeah you know i'm like well he was a wanted <laughs> um <laughs> by the like okay yeah cool. <laughs> it's funny you know i think um this is where i say this is probably more my fault than the film's fault because this is where i'm gonna reveal as you know and yeah i mean hell i'm over 200 episodes in this show people mm. listening know that i'm i'm a wanker i'm i'm a true film wanker and i That's like true. a bit of wank yeah and not, as, think, not as much as tove i think i was looking for more wank in this film like oh, okay. I, yeah. I really i thought that this film was going to be much more of a character study and the moments where it does that where it really leans into the psyche of nicholas cage yeah I think they are the most interesting parts of this film. Like you said, when when he's conversing with his alter ego, you know, his kind of younger, insane action movie star, when mm. when him and Pedro Pascal are just talking about film, like <laughs> those to me are the best parts of this movie. Mm. And then it leans too far into parody, even even more than anything. Like I'd be okay with Yeah, it was some like parody, parody of parody. Yeah, that's the thing. Because Nick Cage films are already inherently silly. So when you're trying to up that and go even sillier, it, it maybe, loses it yeah, loses yeah. to me the heart of the film. And and the heart of the film really should be about Nick Cage and his family. Yeah. Like it should be about that relationship between him and his daughter and how Hollywood kind of corrupts that and his ego and his, you know, desire for stardom. But that all just falls away into this silly action flick at the end of the day. Yes, yeah. And look, maybe that was just them poking even more fun at the kinds of films he's done, perhaps. You know, like like maybe it was all just doing exactly what it set out to do. Yeah. And it just kind of fell short for you because you held high expectations for it. Yeah. See, and I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, huh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, that was fun. I, well, cool. That, that's where I said. I was just glad it wasn't like – Shit, because when you told me the premise of the film, I think it was on an episode for the show. Yeah. I was like, ugh. That's where I say this is probably my fault, because I think what was delivered was exactly the film that they wanted to make. Hmm. But I think, you know, I cannot help but go into this film and where my head is going naturally is, like I, I brought it up before, being John Malkovich. Hmm. Or even the wonderful Nicolas Cage starring adaptation, which yeah. again is that kind of meta commentary on filmmaking and, you know, ego and stuff like that. And and they are both such brilliant films that I think that's just where my head went. But yeah. at the end of the day, that's not what this is. This is, you know, it's meant to be a comedy that is a parody of Nicolas Cage films. And in hmm. that sense, I think this delivers in spades. I do think it's very funny. Hmm. I didn't actually laugh out loud. But I laughed in my head a lot. 
no, that's not true. That I remember the entire audience laughing out loud quite a few times. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure you were with them. Like, everyone was laughing. It was a funny film. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe my memory's bad. Yeah, I mean, it usually is. <laughs> well, so let's let's get straight into the acting then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nick Cage is great in this film yeah. as, as Nick Cage. <laughs> it, ironically, I do think there are some moments where you can see the acting, which is ironic for somebody playing themselves. <laughs> but it like must I, be weird I, to play yourself. Yeah, especially this kind of weird fictionalized version. It, it must be kind of a, a weird balancing act to be making fun of yourself, but still trying to appear yeah. as likable, even though you, honestly you're playing kind of a dick. Like, yes, yeah. I don't know if he has a daughter or a family, but the way he's portrayed in the film is not as a great father. Yeah, and it must be bizarre to spend your whole life being one thing. Yeah, and then trying to do the opposite and be real. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like I I I don't feel like I noticed the acting as much. Like what which parts are you talking about? I just think there was and I don't think it was his fault so much as maybe it was the dialogue. I just think there were moments that felt a little wooden in the film to me. Mhm. Um you know, you know what I both really liked and didn't was the alter ego. I like the conceit of it. Mhm. I thought that the execution of it was not good. I don't know if that was a fully CGI'd Nick Cage or whether they had started with him as a base and then tried to make him look younger. Did like, you know, the Um, de-aging makeup and the de-aging CGI. Yeah, I mean- It was weird, though. It's a tricky thing to pull off. The first time I remember really seeing it was in Tron Legacy with Jeff Bridges. And at that point, I actually actually remember thinking that looked pretty good. On a rewatch, it doesn't. Mm. And I think- the best it's been pulled off is in the Marvel films. Um, you know, the notable ones being Sam Jackson and Robert Downey Jr. But I just I don't think that this really worked for me. And I don't know, there must be so much reference footage of young Nick Cage. I'm surprised that they weren't able to pull it off a bit better. That's true. Like but, how they did for Paul Walker, you mean? Well, yeah, exactly. Like Oh no, no, because he was CGI too, wasn't he? Well he was, but they, and used, they his used brother, his brother as a stand-in. Yeah. yeah. But, like, they would have so much reference footage of young Nick Cage. Yeah. Like, he's been acting for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. You know, I just I just wish that that had looked better because it took me really out of the film because it looked so bad. He didn't yeah. look like a real person. Did you find it weird that – so, the the real version of himself that he is supposedly playing – was played by Nick Cage in the credits. Yeah. And then the dickhead version of himself <laughs> that he was playing was Nicholas Ford Coppola. Or what's it? Yeah, is that, well, his, is yeah. that his full name? Yeah, yeah. Nicholas? So that's, that's yeah. his birth name. He changed his name to Cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've already explained that to me. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yep, I got the full thing on the way out of from the cinema. <laughs> but, do, but don't you think you would put you playing yourself, you know, the character that has a bit more heart and- Nah, I get like, the choice. as Nick, Nick Ford Coppola, and then you would put the dickhead as, oh, I don't nah, know, I just found that weird. I think for all intents and purposes, he is Nick Cage now. I think, like, he changed his name so yeah, okay. long ago. And I think, to me, it makes sense that the younger version of himself would hold his birth name. You know, maybe, you know, for all we know, that's maybe him before he was even a professional actor. That's kind of him with his big dreams and aspirations and stuff. Uh, so Maybe. I, I, I understand and, and support the choice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
Um, let's turn to the rest of the cast then. Pedro Pascal, I think, is wonderful. He's just yes. got such charm in this film and he's just he's so He's always funny. such a cool dude. Actually, you're right. I, I did like laugh out loud. I like him in everything. I did laugh out loud because the funniest sequence in the entire film was the acid sequence. When oh, my God, When yes. they, they go for their drive and then they're all paranoid and climbing over that wall. Yes. It, oh. That was a very funny scene. And then he just scene. looks around the wall. Everyone yeah, was yeah. really laughing in the cinema. And you knew it was coming. You knew no, it was yeah. going to be easy and obvious and, of course, they're high as kites. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I often find scenes like that in films really obnoxious. The same. Like, I usually hate them. I'm, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's a high scene and, yeah. and everything's, you know, loose in the sky with diamonds bullshit. But actually, no. Yeah, because- I, I found it really funny and the rest of the cinema did too. Because what it dug into was the relationship between the two men. That's why hmm. it worked so well. It was those moments where they were truly buddies and they were friends and yeah. they cared for each other. Like, that's what's so funny about that moment is their, their farewell to each other when he's climbing over the wall and they're both, like, <laughs> sobbing hysterically. <laughs> and like, every Nicolas Cage film where there's- you know, a moment like that yeah, where, like, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. go on without me. <laughs> yeah, that was easily the best scene in the film for me. I thought Pedro Pascal was fantastic from Go to Woe. Yeah, I found their chemistry quite endearing as well. Yeah. You know, from the moment he's like, Ugh, you know, is this guy, like, going to want me to, like, watch me fuck his wife or, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was like, I am that person. And I don't know, from then on in, like, like Pedro Pascal played his eagerness really well. Yeah, he like he did, was so yeah. desperate for a relationship with his idol. Yeah, his idol's obviously Nick Cage, and Nick Cage is like, "Oh fuck me, I can't believe I've stooped this low in my career that I have yeah. to take a birthday party." You know, like, oh my god, and then yeah, just. Yeah, they both played it really well and I really enjoyed their chemistry. Yeah, I agree. And it, it helped too because he was so likable. I never even suspected that he was truly a bad guy. Yeah. Like when, when it was brought up with the CIA and stuff, I was like, well, I don't know where this is going now. Yes, because he doesn't seem like he, one. He can't be. And if he is, and we've seen him, it. we've seen him play a bad guy in other yeah. things. So, you know he's got it in him. And if that to, is the way it's turn. going, that almost ruins it because what works so well is the chemistry and the friendship between them. Yes. And, and the fact that Nick Cage wants to believe that this guy is good. Yes. Even if the evidence points to the contrary. And that's why I was I was really glad that that is the way the film went and it turned out that, you know, he's not the bad guy. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, I really enjoyed that. And um I what I will say though is that I didn't get any sense of chemistry whatsoever between him and who you thought was his, his assistant, but then it turns out that's Pedro Pascal's love of yeah, his life and yeah. he can't be with her because of his, you know, drug lord family or something. Yeah. Yeah, I I was like I don't I mean, know. I, she she was just kind of irrelevant for well, me. Yeah, that's the way I see it. I mean, honestly, this is a short film. It's like an hour forty. Uh, a good fifteen minutes of that is the you acid love sequence, and a good twenty minutes is the the big finale at the end. Mm. What this film is lacking is the character development, honestly, and I yes. think that's why the relationship between the two of them is so important because yes. that's where you get all your development. But like, having we, said we that, we do not I, really see much of. It's almost a bit of like I don't know if you ever found this like with Romeo and Juliet, where you're like, really, they fell in love in like a day. Like that's cooked, mate. Like it's by the end of Act One or Act Two, unless it's Leo like, DiCaprio, and then you're like, no, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Well, and that's the thing. I think these two are both so charming that even though they've only known each other for like a day, I bought it. I bought that they were really good friends already. I do think that what is sacrificed then is everything else. 
Yeah, I think sure. the yeah. same thing with Nick Cage and his daughter. I think that relationship is really not fleshed out. Like, you know, no, you get the introduction. A, we got enough of it. Well, I think the birthday party scene is really what saves that. I think that that is the scene that kind of is the linchpin of that relationship as far as the film is concerned. No, I, I quite liked the therapy scene. You think he's actually talking to his agent and then you're like, oh, no, wait, this is a therapy session. Oh, and, wow. And okay. then, and that, then I mean, you're that's like, a really short wait, scene this is supposed to be a on. therapy session for him and his daughter and he's just talking about his career. Like, that yeah, yeah, that yeah. made me laugh. That was wow, funny. okay. I, I mean, that barely stuck in my memory. That's a very short scene very early on. I didn't even- Yeah, but it, yeah. Did, it did exactly what it was supposed to do in a yeah, very short call. space of time. Yeah. And, oh, my God, we haven't even mentioned- Sharon. You love Sharon. I love you're, Sharon. You're a massive fan. Oh, my God. I love her so much. She when she popped fun. up, I was like, I didn't know she was in it. You know what? Sharon. I, you know what I liked, too? I think she really got a chance here to be a bit underplayed, um, particularly in Catastrophe. I think that she's- uh, I fucking love Catastrophe. No, yeah, yeah. I think- I know it's a movie review podcast, but just quietly. <laughs> and also, who am I to talk about anything? Also, not my show. But just let me interrupt for a second. If you haven't seen Catastrophe, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Go and watch it. I made Billy watch it, and he was happy I did. Yeah. And I, so I often think, he is not happy to watch it. I think in Catastrophe, though, she's a very exaggerated character. Like, she's over the top. She's excess. She's a caricature, basically. No, she's not. No, oh, no, my no, God. No, you and no. I will fight about this till the- <laughs> end of time no like think about it there is a lot about her that is very kind of flanderized in that show just very over the top like no. the way she drinks to excess for example i think um i think i think no. i think rob, <laughs> i know many people like that I, myself well, last night included. i think i think rob is the heart of that show i think rob is where the realism and groundedness comes <sighs> from and she's a little bit of a caricature and i think she's good at it okay we can stop talking about this but right now what i really like this isn't a catastrophe review billy nobody asked i think this film gets to show her more grounded and more real and those more real moments instead of just being just funny, just funny, funny, funny. And I think- She's what, not just funny, funny. That I think she's still very, very funny in this movie. And I think that that shows her real strength. Everyone knows she's funny. That We don't need that to show her real strength. You know who I didn't like, though? And I am I just have to say this, that I just don't- I don't really like Tiffany Haddish. I don't get the deal. I'm not a fan. No, remember- I, I don't know. I don't think I've actually seen her act in too many things. I thought she was good in this. But- you and I watched her. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was SNL. Yeah, she did. Host and she SNL. was really funny when she, she was, hosted yes. SNL. And she, you know, you know, she brought the dress out. I, I find her, um, I don't know, the snippets of her I, I have seen. That. I was like, you're funny. Just both her, and, just both her and Ike Barinholtz in this film were just kind of nothing for me. I usually find Ike Barinholtz really funny as well, but he just, I don't know, just get off the screen. Hmm. Yeah. Give me more Nick and Pedro. Well, and he like you saw him in what one two scenes, yeah, two, yeah, and He's, then he was dead. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, I don't know. It didn't add any extra weight to the scene to have him dead in the background. Yeah. Like we didn't care. So I was like, why would you kill off someone who could you could give a funny line to? Because he is, you know, he can be funny. Like yeah. you've seen him in other things. Yeah, and I think you just nailed it for me. He's I think I believe Mark Wahlberg. I think that there's a lot about the film that I don't care about. Mm. Like I said, I think that the relationship between Nick and Pedro is. Yeah. Is a very strong point. I like that Nick Cage's family is there, but I, 
I kind of don't really care. Like, I know that obviously I don't want his daughter to, to be abducted and I want them to save her, but I know that they're going to, you mm. know, like that. that's just the kind of film this is. I yeah, know that course. she's going to be okay. So. There's going to be absolutely zero consequences. Exactly. So, I think that that's the biggest problem for me and I, I kind of need to give that up because it is a comedy film and, and it does that well. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I loved the location this was filmed on. I assume this was actually filmed in Spain or it was really beautiful. So it was actually filmed in Croatia. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. I know zero yeah. about you, Europe. But- I agree, though. Beautiful <sighs> beautiful scenery and actually really nicely shot. Like, I think that the film is shot and put together really well. I think that mm-hmm. most of the effects land aside from the alter ego, you know, Nicholas Coppola. Um, mm. Yeah, I think the visual look of the film is really nice, actually. Mm. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, it made me want to be somewhere with I, culture, warm and sunny. Yeah. <laughs> I really like travel. the simplicity of the look of the film. You know, mm-hmm. like, given that it's making fun of action films and the irony being that by the end it just devolves into a to a full action film, mm-hmm. I think that it sticks to its roots. You know, like, this is... This is a much nicer, cleaner look. Like, this isn't a Michael Bay-looking action <laughs> film, for example. Like, yeah. the camera's fairly steady for most of the film. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that is much more true to films like The Rock and Con Air, those kind of more Jerry Bruckheimer films, which, while action and explosive, were much more basic, I think. I, I really but even like the, the even those often sometimes tend to have, like, that kind of almost a bluey wash on them where they're a bit, Whereas this was like just drenched in sunshine, yeah, and, and that to me was just reinforcing their friendship. You yeah. know, like yeah. their um, little cutesy thing they had going on together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. It was like watching a bro version of a Nancy Meyer film. Oh yeah, I can totally see that. I like that yeah. analogy. Like yeah. pretty scenery, beautiful houses. Like a Nancy Gaia film. Uh, yeah. uh, see what I did there? Yeah, don't do they're that. guys. Don't don't do that anymore. <laughs> How dare you drag Nancy's name? <laughs> it was a bit weird when Demi Moore just popped up at the end. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. What? Who was she his wife in the film? What? Yes, and then they even had a conversation with Sharon about it. Did they? Were you watching? Was I on the was I was I doing a wee at that moment? Again, for like <laughs> the fourth time in an hour forty minute film. Well, yeah, actually, how much did you actually see? No, well, I only went out twice. I only. I think it was out. three times. I don't think so. I think because I remember I, I said thinking, to you, "Really? Yeah, again? Yeah, yeah." I think that was when we walked out of the movie after it ended. Well, I- one of us has had two children come out of their body, <laughs> and the other person needed to go to the toilet four thousand times. I, do I need to do my kegels? <laughs> you do. <laughs> Is that what that's called? Yeah. 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 yeah I should. I should really do my kegels. Okay. <laughs> Actually, okay. I, need, I need to wee now, actually. Oh, my God. Okay, well, wrap it up. <laughs> I No. Was that really Demi Moore? I did not recognise her. Yes. Who played his daughter? Oh, I don't know. Some mole. <laughs> like, what? Sharon was like, oh, my God, I was played by Demi Moore. There was a whole conversation about it. Right. Were you watching? I don't recall that. I don't recall that. But let me set the record straight here. Sharon Horgan, better than Demi Moore. Definitely. Ooh. ooh. Definitely. Wow. Okay. I, in fact, I'm. I might. You know what? Yeah, I would cast Sharon Horgan as the film version of you. Aww. Yeah. Either her or Naomi Watts. Ugh. No. <laughs> oh, or Ta- no. Taylor Leone, maybe, just because I know Don't. you love Taylor Fuck you. All right. Well, who would you cast as Film Billy? Kevin Smith, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what? You guys are twins. <laughs> That's not even a question. What about David Duchovny? I always thought I looked a little bit like David Duchovny. 
Yeah. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> a heavy adaptive. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. Actually, Brutal. remember, remember recently when you lost so, so much weight because you were fasting all day and yeah, eating yeah, one yeah. meal a day. Yeah. Okay, so the only problem then was that you still have a recessed chin. And David Duchovny has a prominent chin, but otherwise, yes. <laughs> you ha- you could have a, yeah, he could be you with a prominent chin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you asked. Okay. Gave you an answer. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. All right. So, how are you scoring the unbearable weight of massive talent? I'm giving it a six, which, a six? I, which I feel is probably look. It's probably on the generous side if you're wow. someone who's like, "Oh, hello, I'm here to review films, and this wasn't very good." But uh, like, whatever. I'm, oh, you just no. have me on when you've got a gap, and so I enjoyed myself. I laughed out loud. There's a lot that could have been um, done a little better, but I still enjoyed myself. See, maybe, maybe even a maybe even a seven. You know what? Maybe even a seven. It's so funny to me that the whole you think- the whole cinema was laughing. It was good. It's so funny to me that you think that a six is generous because I think most people would see that as a very low score for this film. I think I think as Topher has explained to you many times, five is bog average. Six is just above that. And I that's know what this film yeah, was. Yeah, but you know what? My my money tells me. I bet Topher would even give this a seven. Really? Yeah, I, I honestly bet. I, I, I don't think, think so. He's very hard. No, yeah, this film has been very, very, very well received still. Well, I said six or seven. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. I would watch it again. I mean, I'm definitely between those two as well, but I think I would swing to a seven. I think that there is enough about the film that is, you know, like this film is a lot of fun. And yeah. if you, if you want to throw on like an hour and a half action film, I would definitely go the Rock Hog on Air first, but then I would go this. Like, I think, that, <laughs> I, think, I think there's plenty of charm in this film. I think what it does well, it does very well. I just think that it was probably my expectations that were misplaced because I thought that this film was going to be much more than it was. Like, I thought that this was really going to be about Nick Cage, and mm. it's really not. It's, it's a Nick Cage parody at best mm. is what it is, and it's good at that, but that's, uh, that's a much more niche film than I thought this was going to be. Like, I know that everybody out- Like, Nick Cage niche? is a very, very famous man. It wasn't niche. I don't know. I feel like I it is kind of niche. to the mass- masses. What are you talking oh, I about? I don't know. I feel like the whole concept of- I don't, I don't know. Again, this is probably just me being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Blobably, as our three-year-old would say. All right. Next week, Topher will be joining me, and Aww. we will be getting to the Northmen. Uh, we had a little little guy date the other day. Went out went out together and got some chalk tops. You went out together and saw some Skarsgård peen. We did. We yeah. did. Plenty of peen. Like every good bear date stuff. We, we were prowling for peen <laughs> and uh, Skarsgård delivered in spades. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> My goodness. Um, of all the films to say, no, nah, I'm not interested in that one. Why did I say that one? <laughs> so looking forward to that. And then the week after that, I think, you and I get to Downton too, babe. <gasps> So good. <laughs> All right. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedthing.com or wewatchedthing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedthing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedthing, and I'll catch you next week. Why couldn't you just put the money back in the box? That's so bad. <laughs> Don't use that. Use it. Don't. <laughs>